That's all I can go with. That's all we have to work with. What do you want me to do? Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are taking on an oft-requested topic, spontaneous human combustion. Now, this is something that's come up before and that people have asked us to talk about, but there was a particular outcry for it after we covered an episode of Unsolved Mysteries over on our second podcast, The Netherworld Dispatch, that's exclusive to Patreon members at patreon.com slash gttupod, an episode of Unsolved Mysteries that covered spontaneous human combustion and is fully awesome. Oh, it's amazing. I honestly, I think after that episode, much of the requesting, much of the outcry for covering this topic came from me. Yes, but no, there were genuinely people, too, who were like... I was enchanted. Yeah, yeah. It is such a strange topic. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who who may not know what spontaneous human combustion is or the popular belief of it, the idea is very simply that you, anybody, might suddenly burst into flames seemingly from the inside out. Right. Right? With no cause, with no external, you know, fire or mm-hmm. no external force. You just burn. And all of a sudden, you're a pile of ash. Very cartoonishly, people who have, who are victims supposedly of spontaneous human combustion are indeed reduced mostly to a pile of ash. Mm -hmm. And other things in the room almost seem untouched by the fire. It doesn't spread everywhere. It doesn't burn the house down. It burns you and only you. Right. But so violently as if you were cremated. Yeah. What an odd thing. It's one of these things that, like, you know, you think about it and you're like, how, how can it be possible that this could happen to mm-hmm. somebody? And I'm going to tell you about it. Yeah. Because it's uh, hotly debated. I'm sure. And it seems, you know, I've got a very particular vantage point from my POV. I don't think it does happen. Right. We're going to take a look at some of the, the history of it. And some of it was really pretty cool. All right. Sweet. Now, you called it out. We talked about it on the Netherworld Dispatch. It was episode 66 of Guide to the Unknown's Netherworld Dispatch. Uh, so we watched Unsolved Mysteries, and this is what we saw. <laughs> there was the story of a man named Dr. Bentley. This was supposedly a real right. case. I don't have Dr. Bentley's story. I'm just telling you how we got to where we are today. So, Dr. Bentley, an elderly man, burst into flames seemingly without cause. Within the episode, we are... Um, spoken to by Larry Arnold, mm-hmm. who believes in spontaneous human combustion and explains that the body burned intensely, but somehow none of the surrounding room, in this case the bathroom, seemed to catch fire. Um, it's almost as though the fire only cared about burning Dr. Bentley's body. Then we have skeptic Joe Nickel, who disagrees and has an explanation, saying, quote, Dr. Bentley had a history of setting his clothes on fire. Right. From his pipe. His clothing was pockmarked with burns from his pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. You know, doesn't well, mean that he couldn't have spontaneously combusted if that is a real thing, but he had a history of setting himself. <laughs> certainly seems more likely <laughs> that one of these times got out of control. He had a history of setting himself on fire. Yeah. It, it feels quite cut and dry. And then Joe Nickel, skeptic, takes some shots. Right. Here's the, the quote. The ultimate quote. There is not a single reasonable theory for spontaneous human combustion. So the mystery mongers ought to shut up 
and get a life. Way harsh, Joe Nickel. Thus begins my fascination. <laughs> right. And somebody wrote in, I can't remember who it was, so I apologize, but they pointed out that Joe Nickel is like a famous professional skeptic who we've spoken about on the show before. And he, I didn't clock it as we were watching it. I read about Joe Nickel, and I didn't include a lot of it for the notes because it wasn't about, right. it wasn't all, it was just about his it's life. It's not about Joe Nickel. It's a, he's got a fascinating story, this mm-hmm. guy. Fascinating. He's, uh, he's 77 now. Um, he had, uh, some thing of a, a, in 2003, I think, so he would have been in his fifties, 57, he found out that his old girlfriend, they had a kid together oh. that he did not know about. Oh. And they ended up getting married. Hmm. And so, you know, he's, he's married to his old, uh, uh betra- his old flame. Yeah. You might say. All right. That worked out. And they've got a daughter, but he talks about how his daughter had sort of an intuition that the father she was raised with was not really her father and started trying to seek out um, who it could be. And so Joe Nickel came around because he was uh, the consummate skeptic, obviously aggressively skeptic. Right. Mystery mongers should shut up and get a life. He came around and said something along the lines of, I've come to respect intuition. Interesting. Intuition being something that you can't necessarily pin down mm-hmm. or is not necessarily caused by something measurable and external. Right. He's like, I can at least appreciate that. And I personally really related to Joe Nickel. He said things like, you know, he doesn't have to be a believer mm-hmm. to find supernatural topics interesting. There's oh, plenty yeah. to talk about. In the uh, even in vampires, he said, you can say a lot about vampires without saying I believe in vampires. Absolutely, I mean, I think this whole, like entire show sort of underlines that point. One hundred percent. But I've certainly gotten the response sometimes where it's like, Will, if you don't believe, why are you talking about? Like, why are you interested in this at all? Like people just not not all the time. It's not like uh-huh. people hit me over the head or anything like that. Yeah, but, but I've gotten it here and there. Huh? And it's just because I think it's fascinating in and of itself. Also, it's just cool. It's just cool. By the way. I agree. It's just neat and fun. Yes, I, I completely agree. So here is the Wikipedia page for spontaneous human combustion and the interesting information that you need to know. <clears throat> Wikipedia immediately refers to it as a pseudoscience, mm-hmm. saying, quote, The concept of combustion of a living or recently deceased human body without an apparent external source of ignition and it's uh, it's also classified as a belief that the fire starts within the body of the victim. Right. Now, the concept and even the name were coined by Paul Rowley in 1746 because of the case of a woman, Countess Cornelia Zangari Bandi. Hell yeah, that's a great name. Of Italy. Um, is the starting point for all this sort of like questionable, interesting cause of death. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years before Paul Rowley's analysis is when Cornelia died. It was 1731, and the Italian noblewoman, 66 years old, had just eaten dinner. She was, quote, dull and heavy. Okay. Says Paul Rowley. Relatable. Fully relatable. Mm -hmm. Got a nice dinner. I'm absolutely Mm. dull and heavy. I feel dull and heavy. Yeah. (laughs) Some accounts reported that the Countess was a brandy drinker. And that she used to sprinkle camphorated brandy on her body to relieve physical pain. Sort of a okay. 1700s version of Dr. Bentley, was his clothes were covered <laughs> right. in scorches from his pipe. Right. She used to douse her body in, in brandy. alcohol. Yeah. Very flammable. Yes. Good to keep in mind. Yeah. So the Countess goes to bed. But when she doesn't wake up at her usual time, her maid goes in to check on her, discovering the following. 
the countess's room mm-hmm. is covered in ash. She's not in her bed. The sheets are sort of like thrown to the side as if somebody got up in the middle of the night. And the countess's body, or what's left of it, is on the ground. Along with the ash, there are the bottoms of the countess's legs, from the knees down to the feet, three fingers, and the front of her skull intact. The rest burned entirely. Mm-hmm. It's going to get gross, by the way. Okay. I can handle that. Spontaneous human combustion. All right? So... The room's covered in ash and a smelly layer of grease. Uh-oh. Only the Countess's legs remain, as I said, and then Paul Rowley describes this a few years later in the scientific journal The Philosophical Transactions. And this is his writing mm-hmm. from the 1700s. Okay. Here we go. Translated. Yeah. Into English. The bed received no damage. The blankets and sheets were only raised on one side, as when a person rises up from it or goes in. The whole furniture, as well as the bed, was spread over with moist and ash-color soot, which had penetrated into the chest of drawers, even to foul the linens. Mm. Nay, the soot was also gone into a neighboring kitchen, and hung on the walls, movables, and utensils of it. From the pantry, a piece of bread covered with that soot, and brown-black, was given to several dogs, all which refused to eat it. What? I know. So he's saying he's saying the entire place is covered in soot, right? And weird, stinky grease. Yeah, it's on bread. Somebody tried to feed it to dogs, Why? and they wouldn't even eat it. Why would somebody even do that? I have no idea. Why in did this God's pass name? as some sort of a scientific process in the 1700s? If the dog will eat the bread, right, right, then she died of different means. Even the dog won't eat this bread covered in carbon and... That is so strange. Viscera. Right. You know? Grease. In the room above, it was moreover taken notice that from the lower part of the windows trickled down a greasy, loathsome, yellowish liquid, and thereabout they smelled like a stink. (laughs) Smelled like a stink. Oh, you smell like a stink. Take a shower. You smell like a snake. Without knowing of what, and saw the soot fly around. It's a messy room. So this is the original case. Right. This, this is what Paul Rowley had to say about the, the countess um, who seemed to have spontaneously combusted, leaving mm-hmm. behind just a few scattered body parts. Yeah. But then it sort of takes off from there, and periodically people would research this and have their own findings. So in 1823, a big leap, I know. The book Medical Jurisprudence stated the common traits linking cases of spontaneous human combustion. This was their finding. This was the common connective tissue between these cases. Okay. Um, one, the victims are chronic alcoholics. Mm. Two, they are usually elderly females. Three, the body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. So even that one. Right. Fully. Fully. Yes. And this is when this is all being... It negates anything else. Yes. And this is from when it's initially being studied. Right. So they're already saying in their definition of spontaneous human combustion, it's not spontaneous. No. Well, maybe spontaneous somewhat, but it's not like body generated. Right. And that's what the the popular belief of it is. That you might just, without prompting Mm -hmm. somehow burst into flames. Some electrical misfire inside you lights your body on fire. 
Um, four, the hands and feet usually fall off. Five, the fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. It's really mm. only the body that burns. Mm-hmm. Six, the combustion of the body has left a residue of greasy and fetid ashes. Very offensive in odor. I'm offended. That's terrible. I wonder why it doesn't burn other stuff. I wonder if because there's usually some sort of accelerant of one sort or, of, uh, or another on the body that all the flame is just... I don't know, centralized there? There's, or is the fat of the body somehow protective? You're onto it. Okay. You're onto it. It's yeah. not that it's protective. Uh-huh. It's that the fat is what keeps it burning. Yeah, and it's, so about, it's only just staying on the fat. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, here comes Joe Nickel, right? Mm-hmm. We're leaping again, 100 years. Joe Nickel's right. on the case. Joe Nickel and a forensic analyst named John F. Fisher studied the phenomenon in 1984, looking at cases from the 1700s, 1800s, and 1900s. Basically, the entire history of spontaneous human combustion, the way that people had been describing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe people burst into flames spontaneously prior to the 1700s, but that was when Paul Rowley had his uh, bit to say about it. Yes, exactly. Uh, They basically, Joe Nickel and John F. Fisher... They basically discovered that there was always some sort of candle, lamp, or fireplace nearby. Often, these things were left out of the stories initially. Okay. Because it made for a more intriguing story. Or they would say, no, the candle didn't burn, so the candle wasn't involved. Mm -hmm. Spontaneous human combustion. Right. Well, why leave out the detail? Isn't it better to have all the facts? Yeah. Uh, But skeptic, you know, rebuttal to the skeptic. I wonder, you know, how common is it that you're in a place that has no sort of, you know, candle or anything? Right. How, how often are you in a room where something couldn't yeah, cause well, a fire? Right. You know? Eh, right. But whatever. Especially so, back then. It's not like they had electricity when, like, that thing was written and stuff. So they so needed they're, to they're carry using, candles with them. And probably often as time went on or whatever. I have no idea. Kerosene. Right. Lamps, stuff yep. like that. Like, there's always something flammable nearby because it creates light that they wouldn't so have see. otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Um, they also felt that many of the victims were intoxicated, not just indicating another way for fire to burn, mm-hmm. the, the, the alcohol as like a fuel, but also a reason why somebody on fire might not quickly and appropriately respond yeah. to an emergency. Yeah, that makes total sense. Right, they're moving a little bit slower. Maybe you didn't notice at first. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting. Yeah. Ultimately, their conclusion was that you should look at each individual case for ex- for ex- explanations of each individual death, which makes a ton That's of sense legit. to me. Rather than painting them all with the big broad brush of spontaneous human combustion, right? It seems that when a body burns, it uh, can keep the fire going. Mm-hmm. So. Whether you might walk into a room and find that somebody's turned into a pile of ash with two hands on top, but that doesn't mean that they burst into fire from within necessarily, even though that has the pop culture hallmark of spontaneous human combustion. Right. Don't you want to consider the other possibilities or no, you're going to so staunchly say spontaneous human combustion. Right. You know, Interesting. Um, so quote, According to Nickel and Fisher's investigation, nearby objects often remained undamaged because fire tends to burn upward Hmm. and burns laterally Mm -hmm. with some difficulty. So fire burns straight up and down. Right. It's hard for it to spread from Mm -hmm. side to side. It certainly can, obviously. 
Um, the fires in question with these people, their deaths, are relatively small, achieving considerable destruction via the wick effect. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's also known as the candle effect. Okay. I had heard this like two-word phrase. I knew nothing about it. And it's interesting. The The wick effect theory basically says that a person is kept uh, on fire via their own body fat once they're ignited. Yeah, I was thinking that That's, too. Because yep. that can also be a fuel-ish. Sure. Yeah. You want to talk about why hands and feet fall off? Mm-hmm. Less Fat right. in the hand. Sinewy. Sinewy. Although right not right now. This heat, I'm I'm very puffy. Yeah, fat. How about hands. you? <laughs> yeah? Do, your hands in the heat don't feel this should be like a, fat. This should be like a phrase. Like even my hands would burn. That should be like a shorthand for like <laughs> Boy, if I were to spontaneously combust, my hands would burn, right? Even up. my hands would burn. Yep. <laughs> it's like that means it's hot and my hands are puffy and fat. Yes. <laughs> you got the fat fingers. <laughs> Do you not get fat fingers? I don't I don't know. I've never thought about really? it. Really? Then you don't. It's undeniable for me. Can you tell at really? all? I guess you don't know what my hands look like usually. <laughs> but like my when I'm hot, my hands bulk up like sausages. I don't know. <laughs> they plump when you cook them. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Oh, no. That's how I lost my engagement ring. What? Was that? What are you talking about? You didn't know. I mean, it happened years ago. You definitely knew it. But it was the summer and it was super hot. And my hands plumped up because they were cooked. And so I took off all the rings I was wearing and I put them in a little bag for safekeeping and then lost that bag. That's at, a bad luck work. right there. Yeah, I know. A little sack that you keep stuff in to keep them safe and you lost the sack. Yes. So you put all your chickens in one little tiny clear pa- plastic basket. Yeah. At the time, I was working for, I guess we would say, as a stationary company. And so it was like a little sticker pack bag. Yeah, yeah. And I just put everything in this clear bag. My guess is that I dropped it in the mailbox. You may have, like, mailed it to somebody. I know. it's Who was like, lucky day! That's what I like to think to yeah, comfort myself. It seriously was years ago now, so I'm not over it, but, you know, I don't think about it too much anymore. I comfort myself thinking that somebody got a secret surprise of, like, a bunch of rings. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> you should have kept that to yourself. You could have lied. Because your I husband so. knows now, right? Yeah. Obviously, it happened so long ago. You yeah. probably told him right away. Yeah. You could have lied and gotten away with that a bit. Pro- honestly probably i don't think he's like thinking about where my engagement ring is a lot no i see him staring off into, <laughs> into the, di- the middle <laughs> distance sometimes and that's gotta be it no, no no getting away with it i'm saying like he probably wouldn't notice that i didn't have my engagement ring i don't right, think he right, would right, right. he probably doesn't think about it a lot so y- you're right i could get away with it because yeah. he just wouldn't think of it I it's don't always think. better to lie <laughs> you're right <laughs> that's what i'm you're saying you're always better off with a really good lie it's true allison de Laurentiis, pretty little liars i okay. think whatever hmm. so the clothed human body acts like an inside-out candle, they say on Wikipedia, which is crazy. Yeah. An inside-out candle. Yeah. With the fuel source, human fat, of course, inside, and the wick, the clothing of the victim, outside. Hence, there is a continuous supply of fuel in the form of melting fat seeping into the victim's clothing. Oh, my God. Fat. That's crazy. Now, think about Dr. Bentley. Yeah. Dr. Bentley, in that episode of, of uh, Unsolved Mysteries we watched, was wearing a big old bathrobe. Mm-hmm. A big terry cloth, right. absorbent So ends up bathrobe. soaking in his fat and then staying aflame because of it. Correct. And also, I guess, somehow centralizing the flame yes. just to his own body. Yes. That's why, in his case, in gonna... that episode, we see that he basically burned 
down through the floor. Right. He turned into a spicy meatball. Right. He was burning right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fat contains a large amount of energy due to the presence of long hydrocarbon chains. But we all knew that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anyway, there was an experiment in 1988. 98. 1998. Mm-hmm. A large-scale experiment conducted for the BBC television program QED. Don't know. Involved a dead pig's body being wrapped in a blanket and placed in a furnished room. The blanket was lit with the aid of a small amount of petrol. The body took some time to ignite and burned at a very high temperature with low flames. The heat collected at the top of the room and melted a television. However, the flames caused very little damage to the surroundings. And the body burned for a number of hours before it was extinguished and examined. On examination, it was observed that the flesh and bones in the burnt portion had been destroyed. Wow. So this has been recreated, mm-hmm. so to speak. In 2002, Angie M. Christensen from the University of Tennessee studied how bones cremate. Bones with osteoporosis, commonly found in older people, evidently burn and fragment more than healthy ones. Mm-hmm. So if we're already saying that a lot of the victims of spontaneous human combustion are we're older, old. and we're saying that bones with osteoporosis, which you have a higher, you know, There's risk There's like lower of, density. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going to burn ho- hotter, break apart faster. Yeah. And that's how, that's how it happens. They also determined that human tissue burns with a small amount of heat, quote, indicating that fire is unlikely to spread from burning tissue. So once it's burning, right. that's it. I know. I was kind of thinking that because it's not like I'm certainly not saying fire has any sentience. But like, I don't, it, it's, it's working. It's already on something that's yeah. like keeping it burning. There's really no need for it to travel to something that's probably less flammable. It's, it's getting what it it's needs a, it's a, yeah, here. Right. It's not like it's being, you know, like, I guess here's the thing. Like, I, this is. I'm doing what is called like modern jackass right now. Where mm-hmm. I, I don't know if what I'm about to say is true, but mm-hmm. like I'd imagine that like the way a fire might start in a house. Let's say that you knock over a candle. This is like the the TV, yeah, you know, soap opera version. You knock over a candle, it rolls onto the curtains. Mm-hmm. When the curtains start burning and billowing, they're eventually going to fall apart, right, and land on something else that's going to catch on fire, and that thing might, you know, tumble over, fall over, and and burn something else. The human body, when you die, mm-hmm. you fall down on the spot, and you're not moving. You're not moving, right? If you fall down on something else that's going to combust, that fire will spread, right? But if you're in the middle of a room, say in the middle of the bathroom, like Doctor Bentley on tile and stuff, you're going to burn. Yeah, that's floor is going to burn. That's more what else. I'm saying. Not that the fire isn't going to go to something less flammable, but but there's just it's not moving. There's nowhere for it to go, so it's just going to keep burning there. It's not going to go all just go off to the sides, right? Yeah. Um, so here are some alternative theories. These would be the the heavier into the pseudoscience because basically everything I just did was sort of say like science seems to debunk mm-hmm. spontaneous human combustion. But here are some of the other theories. Larry E. Arnold has a book called A Blaze. Ugh. Pro- and he proposed a pseudoscientific subatomic particle that he says is responsible for spontaneous human combustion. Okay. He called this particle Pyrotron. I mean, hell yeah. Hell of a movie, too. Definitely. Arnold also wrote that the flammability of a human body could be increased by certain substances, like increased alcohol in the blood. Um, 
He further proposed that extreme stress could trigger the starts to uh, to be stress causes the combustion, uh-huh. which is the, basically the cartoon idea of like when you get angry, you've got steam coming out of your yeah, ears and yeah. your head turns red like a right. coyote. Yeah. You know? You're like, you're full of steam. You're full of full steam. Of you air. literally might catch on fire because of it. Yeah. Um, the process may use no external oxygen to spread throughout the body since it may not be an, quote, oxidation reduction reaction. Uh, whatever. Here's another one. In 76, in the book Fire from Heaven, UK writer Michael Harrison suggests that spontaneous human combustion is connected to poltergeist activity. Because hmm. he argues, quote, the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supplied by a human being. Within the concluding summary, Harrison writes, spontaneous human combustion, fatal or non-fatal, belongs to the extensive range of poltergeist phenomenon. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Hmm. And then John Abramson suggested that ball lightning might be behind it, saying, This is circumstantial only, but the charring of human limbs seen in a number of ball lightning cases are very suggestive, suggestive that this mechanism may also have occurred where people have had limbs combusted. Now, that almost says to me, like, my arm caught on fire and right. my arm only, but... right. Spontaneous human combustion almost specifically calls out that limbs, extremities, hands, feet are, like, are not affected. Yeah. So. The last to go, at least. The last to go. I just, I saw the word poltergeist. It also seems I, ex- external. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, I left when I saw the word poltergeist. Yeah. And I really liked Pyrotron. Yeah, no, it's badass. <laughs> the particle in your body that you shouldn't piss off with stress. Right. Unless it bursts into flame. Yeah. Taking you down with it. It's like Phaetons in Scientology. Yes. So there you go. That That is spontaneous human combustion at, you know, yeah. 10,000 foot level, the way we typically do on Guide the Unknown. Yeah. But, I mean, how do you feel with everything I just said to you? I feel exactly the same way that I felt when I watched that Unsolved Mysteries episode. I do not believe in spontaneous human combustion. I think that it is circumstantial and external. Now, again, the devil's advocate argument would be, mm-hmm. look at 200 cases of spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, I, I don't remember. I read this statistic last week. and uh-huh. I don't remember where. <clears throat> but it was like, there is one case of spontaneous human combustion every few years. Like, it's not, okay. it's not something you need to be worried about. about. You should not keep a pipe in your pocket. Yeah, and you shouldn't lit. spray alcohol on your legs. Right. You know, but uh, it's not something you really need to worry about. But so let's right. say you look at all the cases and if there are candles everywhere, people have candles everywhere. Maybe one of them. Mm-hmm. You want to be a, a real believer? Let's say one. Let's say a handful of them. Mm-hmm. Somebody burst into flames from the inside. Okay. Let's say that they. Here's my theory. If you're jealous, mm-hmm. uh, romantically jealous of somebody, you burns feel you that up inside. Yeah, it burns you up inside. You might catch on fire and spontaneously combust. Could be. Maybe there's one of those. I don't know. I mean, look. I, I mean, I'm, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> it's not impossible that I could read a specific case, and I'm like, all of these factors that I would think prove that it's spon- it's not spontaneous human yes. combustion. They're all omitted. I'm left with no other answer that I can see than that it's spontaneous and coming right. from inside, then I might be like, all right, I mean, maybe. Yeah, sure, exactly. But, I mean... I'd be curious about the, the Countess Tammy mm-hmm. situation where she was in the middle of, you know, 
a room with no nothing that could have started a fire. Right. Nothing combustible. I want. We need the smoking gun to case. To be totally of somebody. honest, I still think I'd be like, well, that's quite a mystery. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you. I yeah. think we would need to see that, though. And it yeah. seems like that doesn't exist, is my point. Right. So what what do you think? What's your conclusion? Oh, I don't think it's real at all. Yeah. I think, I think it's how we... I think it's the same thing as everything else, yes, right? Yes, totally. It, it's a way that we try to make sense of something that seems otherwise wildly inexplicable. Totally. Is it crazy oh, to yeah. walk into a room... And see that somebody burned into a pile of ash. I know. I can't imagine. It's and really yet, horrible. And yet everything else in the room is largely okay, except right. it's got condensed fat all over it. Right. With an offensive odor. Yeah. A smell that smells like a stink. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. And mm-hmm. would it drive you a little bit crazy to be like, how is this even possible? Right. Yeah. But I think the the... I like to deal in elements of likelihood mm-hmm. uh, rather than leaping to fire from the inside out. Because why? Like right. we don't we don't seem to have. It doesn't seem like there doesn't seem like anybody really has a great why of it all. Right. Right. I mean, and there aren't enough cases to study. Yeah, so, there are anomalies out there. Sure. But you know, not a lot of uh, anomalies that we can use to prove that this is likely. Yes, Doctor Bentley kept a pipe in his pocket. Mm-hmm. If he died, it's horrible, right? Yeah. All these things are horrible. He dies, he falls, he burns on the spot. Is it wild that the rest of the bathroom doesn't burn? Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But the explanations that I just read to you seem to make sense to me. Yeah. All right, same. That's all I can go with. That's all we have to work with. What do you want me to do? So we are going to talk about some uh, cases of Bonte's human combustion combustion in works of fiction yes but first i want to tell you about our patreon this is at patreon.com slash gttu pod and it's where you can go if you would like to support the show if you'd like to get will some new shirts i've got um i dribbled water on myself but it looks like i'm sitting here in like a stained <laughs> right ratty old shirt which i am <laughs> no i mean it, it it's, it's water. It's a dribble, as you said. Um, but still, the guy could use a new shirt. Why not? Come on. So we have a number of different tier options. You can check them all out and decide which sounds like it would be best for you. And we have a number of different correlating thank yous for you um, that are all part of our second podcast, The Netherworld Dispatch. You can get up to an extra episode of us every single week. An episode of The Netherworld Dispatch comes out every Monday. So if you go to patreon.com slash pod and decide to support the show, we would really, really appreciate it. I think I can speak for both of us and say that we're really proud of what's over there. Oh, yeah, so I'm happy for, you know, people to get to enjoy it. And there's also a really awesome Discord, which is basically like a chat community that has different channels on different topics. And there are other Guides to the Unknown listeners talking in there every single day. And it's really, really cool and really awesome. Yeah. This past Monday's episode, just for people out there, is all about Chris Angel, mm-hmm. the magician. The mind freak. Perhaps mind you've heard freak. of him. Yes. The badass magician. Right. Uh, we watched a bunch of clips of Chris Angel. Had a lot of, uh, I don't know, surprises, bewilderment. Yeah. I had to basically pause because I was <laughs> screaming and laughing the entire time. <laughs> it was time. awesome. Uh, so you can go check that out right this second. And this coming Monday's episode we just recorded, mm-hmm. Kristen and I look back at haunted eBay listings. Yeah. We haven't done this in a little bit. Yep. Haunted dolls, Dybbuk boxes, the stories behind them. Mm-hmm. eBay listings tend to be pretty verbose and sometimes very creative. Yeah. The mission, 
Will we buy a haunted object by the end of the episode? You'll have Correct. to tune in Monday to find out. Yes. Um, uh, and on a personal note, themythtraveler.com. Go check it out. I've been writing some stuff, new stories coming, a bunch of stuff for people who um, are in the paid subscription tier, mm-hmm. which is really, really fun. Um, and uh, free articles. Just today, I posted an article about writer's block. Yeah. And I even share a worksheet that I built and actually use myself, so you might get some use out of it. So go check that out, themythtraveler.com. Yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I went a hunting yeah. for instances of spontaneous human combustion in media, um, and there weren't as many as I would have thought. I just did a straight Google search where I would put spontaneous human combustion TV, movies, whatever. Um, some people may know that it's mentioned in Spinal Tap. Right. Or, you know, it's just called Spinal Tap, right? This, this is, is Spinal Tap. Tap. I've never seen This is Spinal really? Tap still. Yes. Oh. Um, I don't know. I guess I will someday. It's one of the original mockumentaries. I know. A classic. I know. What yeah, can they, I tell you? There's a running joke throughout the movie that they've got a thousand drummers mm-hmm. and they've all died. Right. They're all dead. And two of them burst into flame on stage. <laughs> right. Um, so that came up sometimes. And then there is a movie that I wonder if you've heard of. I haven't heard of it. Um, it's a Toby Hooper movie from 1990, just called Spontaneous Combustion. No. Okay. No. It's not streaming anywhere <laughs> okay. officially. It yeah. is on YouTube in full. I bet you could get it on a fire stick. William. Chris. Well, you can certainly get it on Amazon. Okay. Um, and people, you know, I'll actually start off with reviews that I have here. Can't wait. Um, God, most, I love reviews. Most of the negative reviews were about the fact that there was a watermark apparently prominently over the movie. What? For the entire time. On Amazon? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Like I said, this is, I guess, somewhat of a deep cut movie. It does seem like there are some people out there who have, like, written fun articles on horror websites. Like, yeah. there was something, I think, on Fangoria, sort of, like, in defense of spontaneous combustion. But overall, it seems like it is... Not a well-regarded movie. I watched it. I do not regard it well myself. You watched the whole movie? Yeah. You know. Uh, the, the way you sometimes watch movies where you're like floating in and out? Yeah, pretty much. It stinks, I think. Really? I thought it was really bad. And huh. like people seem to agree. It's like, like even just looking through the reviews or like Googling reading stuff online, not even in Amazon, words like um, confusing, confounding, uh, whatever kept coming up. It's just like a really weird movie. Um, and so, yeah, so let me, let me tell you about it via this one star review and then I'll go to a five star review. And also, um, yeah, the, the one star review really like, get, or is it the one star? Yeah, the one star review really like explains the movie basically. Oh, okay. Um, this is from Risa Reef on Amazon. Uh, the title is Spontaneous Human Come Stupid. Oh, wow. That's a great portmanteau. <laughs> yeah. Spontaneous uh, Human Come comes, Stupid. Come Stupid. Com with the B. Stu- with the B? Yeah. Yep. Okay. It reads like comb stupid. Like yeah, a hair comb. Right. Uh, this movie starts with this ugly little man who is annoying not to listen to, but also to look at. Oh. This also, it's kind of a long review. Ugly. It has 
tons of parentheses and brackets yeah. and stuff. This person went all in. You might recognize him from his best work in Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 5 with Mickey Rooney, an equally unattractive man. His oh, wife. Oh, why are you going to drag Mickey Rooney? I don't know. His wife is a pretty one in which in Jeez. real life he would not have he would not have a chance. They have a kid during some radiation experimentation and end up with a kid that looks like Brad Dourif. Coincidence? I think not. It is Brad Dourif. I don't really get the joke. What? And I don't understand the coincidence. What the hell are they talking about? I don't know. Why is it all about appearance? <laughs> I don't know. He's so I, ugly. I He's know. in another movie with a guy who I think is also ugly. And then a girl who is a pretty one. A pretty woman. I know. And he's an no, pretty ugly one. man. A pretty one? Uh, mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, no, Reese is a pretty one. Reese's very into appearance. I guess. Uh, later on, Brad Dorif is a student slash teacher. We really don't know what the heck he's doing there at the college slash high school. Further parentheses, I think it's a college. All we know is that he is an ugly man with a relationship with a pretty woman, parentheses, in which we know he would have no chance with in real life brackets inside coincidence i think not second brackets inside this parentheses <laughs> the men his family must have a good personality and all the students at the school are wearing nazi-esque patches that are to protest the nuclear power plant that is to be built parentheses why you ask good good question i didn't ask no anyways whenever Duraf gets mad he sets people aflame parentheses so maybe the men in his family don't have the best of personalities so the movie goes on to explain why he, why he is ripping off Drew Barrymore from Firestarter, but end up screwing it all up and making no sense whatsoever. Also, you find out that his ex-wife's grandfather raised him and his current girlfriend, even though they didn't know about each other. So his girlfriend is a sister-slash-girlfriend-slash-enemy because she knew about his condition-slash-ex-wife's competition for affection. Got that? Good. The ending is horrific in the sense of, get me out of here before I burst into flames of confusion and frustration. That is a that according to some of my research, mm-hmm. that stress could cause that could, could trigger combustion. This does correlate does. with that evidence. Interesting, something to remember. Mm-hmm. If you liked this movie, I recommend The Mangler, another Toby Huber classic slash mistake. Oh. What I learned from spontaneous combustion: Brad Dourif looks better and better as he decomposes. Yikes. Good God. Did this line up anything with your experience with the movie? Kind of. I mean, not looks-wise. I wasn't really jumping up everybody's ass by how they looked, but it's An super... An ugly man yeah. with a pretty woman. It with, no, with a pretty one. With a pretty one. They say it twice, though. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> right. Um, no, it's, it's really confusing and, like, headache-inducing yeah. and just, like an onslaught yeah. most of the time brad Dourif is like so stressed out the whole time he's just like sweating and like straining constantly that's what he does no but it's on another level yeah. it's it's i found it a deeply unpleasant movie mm. um now here's a five star review it's very short but i enjoyed it uh this is from just leela my son loves this and tells his friends about things like this instead of the usual teenage things. <laughs> okay. All That's right. It. Got it. There were other five-star reviews, and actually it had 48% of the reviews were five-star. Oh. So, like, you know, a good amount of half, people, half you know, half. do like it. Uh, so it, it does have its fans. But here's the here's the deal with it. Um, 
it's not really about spontaneous human combustion exactly. It's really more about pyrokinesis okay. because he has the ability to set things on fire. Um, it, I mean, it is spontaneous for most of the time. You but would it's not couch that, he, that under spontaneous human combustion, right? Because you wouldn't so. be able to say, like, there was a candle that did it. It would be like, True. I have no idea what started this. It's Brad Dourif it's always, in the corner. It's almost always directed outward, though. He himself is not, like, bursting into flame and you know hurt himself yeah like maybe in little bits like i think the first time it happens like his finger sets on fire and he just kind of like puts it out um so yeah i guess it it does apply but it's it's outwardly directed rather than what i think of in a more narrow way of spontaneous human combustion which is inside you flames and then you entirely burst into flames it's not like that like when the joker uses that joy buzzer on that guy batman 89 yes remember that guy burst into flame from the inside yes it scared me that would scare the hell out of me it was very scary as a kid no he does things like get really really mad at john landis through a phone okay and then john landis all of a sudden just is like ah! and like a flamethrower is like shooting out of his mouth awesome. basically cool. it's it's so crazy this movie yeah um it, it's like i said it's not very good brad dourif has publicly trashed it huh. um he said that what toby hooper had written was good and that he feels like there are some times where he's kind of proud of his performance in it and everything but overall him being good in it almost makes it more confusing yeah um because everything else going around is so bizarre and literally doesn't make sense sometimes so to have a good performance in it takes away a little bit of that pure camp value thing where you're just like this is so bad it's good right yeah yeah. you yeah, know yeah. everybody's goofing it whatever like he's really acting his ass off but it's terrible and he basically said that when producers got their hands on it it just got worse and worse and it's like a, a pale version of what i guess it was originally supposed to be yeah so what happens in it in like the broadest sense is that there's a couple that undergoes this atomic experiment Um, they are being tested for developing anti an anti-radiation vaccine and one of the army people who's testing on them calls them the first nuclear family oh good line right all right it turns out unbeknownst to her that uh the woman and the couple is pregnant and at first the army people are like should she have an abortion we don't know what the consequences of this are going to be but she insists and she has the baby and while they're in the hospital it's fine at first she's holding the baby it's all good and then I think she hands the baby to the nurse and just goes up in flames. She does. Yes, she does. And then and then the husband does as well, who's also in the room. Whoa. And kind of like stumbles over to her. And it's weird. It's probably a you had to see it thing. Stumbles over to her. And then they're just like in flames together. And it's like, why did he go over there? And why was he able to? It's all just really weird. Weird. Um, so so yeah, they they just go up in flames. And then we fast forward like way into the future. It's as this person mentioned, uh, I guess, college-aged Brad Dourif. It's also, it's a 1990 movie, but it felt like very 80s to me, like 1985 or it something. It sounds very 80s to me. So it's the kind of thing where everybody looks older in the 80s. Yeah. So to me, he looks like he's 35, but yeah. I guess he's in college. I don't know. Also, the 90s almost like didn't really start the way we think of them until like no. 95. Mm-mm. It's totally true. Yeah, it's yeah. totally true. So it still is very 80s. Yeah. 
Um, and so it doesn't seem like anything has happened to him for a good while. But then he's like staring into a fireplace, I guess, at his house. And it's like staring at the flames and then starts getting all of these images of like his history of his family that he couldn't possibly know. So it's flames, but then also superimposed like explosion flames over it so it'll be these flashes of flame parents doing the the experiment flame her pregnant flame like room of army guys or whatever so he almost gets some like psychic knowledge he gets like a download yeah essentially and then his finger catches on fire and he's like and so he goes to that girlfriend and they end up calling um a psychic on the radio to i guess like fill in some of his family history but they get disconnected and that's when he calls back the radio station and gets john landis on the phone who's like no he's already moved on to somebody else and he's like but i need to talk to him he's like all like intense and then him being that pissed makes john it's all in one motion it's it's just like and just like Fire flames shoot. are just shooting like in a straight line out of his mouth. Uh, and Brad Dorif's arm splits open just with blood though? What? I know. And also a flame goes somewhere else where he is in real life. Okay. It's just it's just nuts. And then it's basically him like, I don't know, running all over town and being upset and and lighting things on fire here and there he's a grumpy fireman he's a grumpy fireman that's basically what happens like the reviews it's like a fire hulk yeah yeah he is kind of like a fire hulk and like the reviews said um the the words that came up i just found it is clumsy confusing incoherent it is a headache of a movie to me at least yeah yeah uh yeah he, he's just he's just going wild all over the place sounds great highly recommend uh, yeah, I guess so. People, it's, it's go out and see it. it may, you know, clearly there are people who really enjoy it, and I guess feel like it's an underground forty-eight no, percent classic, forty-eight uh, percent. But we'll have a link to it in the show notes. It's in its entirety on YouTube, so you can check that out. Yeah. Um, I also was I I got set up for something that I was a little excited about, and then it ended up being a little disappointing. Okay. Um, you know, I was looking for movies and TV about spontaneous human combustion. Wasn't finding, like, a ton. Because it definitely pops up in things here and there. But I was hoping for something where it's like, this is about spontaneous human combustion. Um, And I thought to myself, why don't I check the Supernatural, like, the TV show, uh, Fandom Wiki. Yes. Because that ran for, like, 18 seasons or whatever. And it seems like they touched on topics like this a lot. So I was like, there must be a spontaneous human combustion episode. And at first I was like, oh, great. There are like two episodes that are kind of about it. And it is so ancillary to the story. I watched both of the episodes, um, which probably also like lessened my um, threshold for watching spontaneous combustion afterwards. I've been watching like a ton of stuff. And um, but I do like Supernatural. So it wasn't painful. But I was just like, oh, crap. Like it doesn't have what I was looking for in this. Um, They are these episodes about like Nazi necromancers. Oh, okay. Right, I know. I was like, what? oh, all right. Who um, are, are fighting, like, kind of a, a force for good that goes by the name the Thule, and they've been doing this, you know, throughout the century or something like that, basically. And where spontaneous hum- human combustion comes in is that they are able to externalize that and use that to kill people. So, like, 
in, you know, the real world timeline, Sam and Dean hear about this rabbi who is in, I believe, a bar. And of course, they make a joke about a rabbi walking right. to a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, Finds a fool. <laughs> and, uh, and spontaneously combusts and nothing else is burnt. So I was yeah. like, okay. There you go. That's- but that's like it, really. Oh, okay. And then they're just sort of talking about this whole thing through time. And then there is another episode. I think there are actually a couple of episodes that are all sort of continuing this theme of the Thule against the Nazis, which is random. But also there are a lot of I don't know if you call them urban legends or stories um, anecdotally about the Nazis kind of looking into occult practices. So it's not the most out of left field thing for Supernatural to cover. Although when I first saw it, I was like, what? Yeah, but yeah. when I thought about it, I was like, I, I guess that is a, a conspiracy theory. I guess you would almost call it that some people have. Okay. That they were. Have you not heard that before? Not really. Yeah, that they were like dabbling in dark arts. Uh, and, I, I guess, you know, like Indiana Jones, like they were going yeah. after the artifacts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just stuff like that, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so the next episode that contained stuff about spontaneous human combustion was, it seems to me, the final and perhaps a series of three episodes involving the Thule and the Nazi necromancers. And same kind of deal. Again, it it queued it up a little bit more. I was watching it with Ryan. And I was like, okay, this one seems like maybe they realized they missed an opportunity to talk about spontaneous ah, yeah, human yeah. combustion a little bit more before. And now they're correcting it, but really not. No. It opens with... Um, somebody going to like a creepy antique shop at three in the morning to buy like Nazi gold. And then they both spontaneously human combust and they, they call it that. And they're like, and nothing was burned. And they talk about it just slightly more. And I was like, all right, but that's like it. I don't think they even talk about spontaneous human combustion for the rest of the episode. Well, But they're basically saying that like, it's not spontaneous human combustion. Right. It's something to do with the Thule. Yeah. It's going to do with this supernatural well, the creature. the are the good guys. The Nazis oh, 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 are oh. the bad guys who are doing the spontaneous human combustion. Right. So, I mean, they yeah. are sort of addressing the... Kind of. The, the, the common knowledge theory of spontaneous human combustion by saying, it's not spontaneous human combustion. It was evil Nazi necromancers doing it to you. Right. So they are sort of they are, debunking they... it in a weird supernatural kind of way. Yeah, they never go so far as to say that, yeah, like, yeah. where they're like, okay, so now we know what this is. It's actually just this. Yeah. And it seems like it comes up, I'm not sure if by name, but it, there was another episode where spontaneous human combustion was referenced on the supernatural fandom wiki, which was like, I don't know, like an evil demon using it to dispatch someone or something so i'm not sure that in the supernatural world they definitely are like this is the product of that yes i could be wrong though i mean maybe they don't call it that by name in that it's somebody named rowena for anybody who's a supernatural fan and has gone through the whole show and i think it's in a latter season sort of thing um but you know the episodes were fun but it didn't give me the spontaneous human question i was really looking for hit the button yeah yeah no really nothing did and i'm i'm sure there are things i'm sure there's something out there that i'm missing like i said I know that it I bet comes... there's a CSI where they're like, did she spontaneously combust? Or... I couldn't find it. This case I... is on Fuego. <laughs> oh, my God. If only. Um, like, you know, I went through a few pages and I would yeah. see things like, I, you know, I know it happens in Hereditary. Right. It's in a bunch of stuff. But I was looking for something about it. Yeah. Um, however, this last thing that I will mention 
is something that will be coming out soon-ish. Oh. And that is, again, not quite there, but it, it plays with the same themes. It seems like something that maybe people who listen might be interested in and maybe already know about, honestly. Um, there is a book by Joe Hill called The Fireman that just this past February um, was, I guess you'd say, I don't know the terminology, like option to become a TV series mm-hmm. or whatever. First, a few years ago, it was supposed to be a movie. And I guess it just sort of was like stuck in that development hell, but maybe the ball got rolling again and it'll be a show. And from what I was reading about it, I bet it's going to be kind of like Walking Dead-esque, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Um, And maybe it'll be cool. So I'm going to read you first the quote from The Hollywood Reporter about it. All right. And then I'll fill in a little bit of the gaps without spoiling it. So don't really worry about that because I feel like people might be into it when the show comes out. So the Hollywood Reporter said in The Fireman, the United States is rocked by a plague that is highly contagious and causes those who are infected to burn into flames. Millions have caught the disease nicknamed Dragon Scale. There is no antidote. Cremation uh, cremation squads have popped up roaming the streets to exterminate those they believe have Dragon Scale. Amid this chaos, an infected nurse is set on a new path after a chance meeting with a mysterious man known as the Fireman. Um, so I read a little bit more on Wikipedia. Like I said, I don't think this is very spoilery. You know, okay. I, I feel like it is just sort of the premise for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently in the book... It's actually a fungal thing that is airborne. Okay. And the reason it's called dragon scale is because it causes black and gold scales on the skin oh. to form. So you look like a badass. I, yeah, apparently. And then once you like burn up and go up and, and also like, I guess you can burst into flames, but you don't die. Necessarily. Oh, okay. That's surprising. It is surprising to me. Um, because there's a, like a camp of survivors oh. or like, I guess you'd say survivors. Yeah, people who are living with Dragonborn. it. Dragonborn. Dragonborn. Uh, once you go up in flames, that fungus becomes airborne, and so it affects and infects other people. Um, so it turns out in the book that the fireman has dragon scale, but he in particular can ignite and extinguish parts of his body at will. Oh. So he has found a way to control this. Okay. Um, so in the book, he takes that nurse who the summary mentioned to an abandoned summer camp where infected people are living and they're able to just kind of like live happily mostly because they have found a connection. What? They just have a nice summer. They're just having a nice time. Well, kind of. They have a good time at camp. Basically, because they have found a connection between the release of oxytocin, which is like a happy chemical in the brain, and dragon scale. So symptoms aren't as bad if you're doing social bonding stuff together, because that's what that's sure. what uh, trust falls, kumbaya. They say like singing, group singing together. Great. Love it. I don't think I would like this camp. Uh, I wouldn't want to go. No. <clears throat> I hope to never get dragon scale. Me too, because if I have to do social group singing in order to abate my symptoms of dragon scale, I'm going to be in big trouble. Can't be alone at home? Right. Just doing whatever you want? No, so I, I guess I'm screwed. Um, but, of course, and I, I only skimmed a little bit further, because um, I was like, I don't want to spoil it for everybody. But I have to imagine... That, you know, groups of isolated people living together, forming their own society. Yes. These things often don't go as well as we would hope. It doesn't I, always become the utopia that we dream. Yes, I would imagine that that uh, there's a, a rival at camp. 
I, there's got to be. Maybe a rival summer camp itself. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows? Right. So I, I, that's why I think it's probably going to be like a Walking Dead-ish, yeah. like post-apocalyptic Factions. vibe. Yeah, that kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. All right. Interesting. The Fireman. Yeah. So that'll be coming, you know, sometime in the next couple of years, I would guess. I wish the way that movies and TV use spontaneous human combustion was the way that we seemingly experience it, where it's like you go to bed, wake up in the morning, and someone's just a pile of ash. Right. Anytime... A show is had to write off a character. Mm-hmm. Michael Scott leaves the office. Spontaneous human combustion. They should just open his office door, and he's not in there, and there's a bunch of ash and in his, his mug. chair. And his mug. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. And, and they're just like, well, it happened, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and when they wrote Topher Grace off that 70s show. Right. Uh, oh. These are all missed opportunities. When, they, when Charlie Sheen left Two and a Half Men. Oh, I bet Chuck Lorre yeah. would have loved that. He would have loved that. Spontaneously combust him. It probably would have been very satisfying yes. and uh, vindicating. That is Not the vindicating. Way it be done. What am I saying? I don't know what I mean. Something. Yeah, something. Feel good. Yeah. <laughs> feel good. Cathartic. Feel Cathartic. Good. Cathartic. Yes, that's, what that's it the is. word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. Right. Very interesting. All right. So there's some stuff out there. Check it out if you're interested. And there you go, that's spontaneous human combustion. Both the science and the art. Of course. The Guide to the Unknown Academy of Art and Science. Oh, it is the Guide to the Unknown Academy of Art and Science. And you mm-hmm. just took a class in spontaneous human combustion, and I think you got an A+. We schooled you. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Thank yep. you so much for hanging out with us. We hope that you had a good time. Mm-hmm. Go check us out online. GTTUBOD.com has links to every single... I know, I said GTTU, like, BOD. Yeah. Said that like I have a cartoon cold. GTTUBOD.com has everything you need. GTTUPOD.com has everything you might need. It's got links to our merchandise, how to contact us, a P.O. box, advertising information, and of course links to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GTTUPOD where you can sign up to not only back us, but get access to tons and tons and tons of exclusive shows not available to right. the listening and viewing public. Mm-hmm. Dive in, go check it out. Um, if you are so inclined, I would love it if you'd go check out the mythtraveler.com. Subscriptions there can be free. Yeah. Read some newsletters, check out some stories, uh, cruise through my profile. You might see some stuff you've never seen before, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sign up there for exclusives as well. Yeah. Um, you can also follow us online. Yep, I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We will be back next week for more inscrutable, unusual, tall tales. Shocking. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. In flame. Oh, and fuego. Oh. Uh, uh, eh. I'm on fire. <laughs>